Good morning, everybody. This is Alexander A. Manzoni with Manzoni in the morning. slept off, I was reading from The Anunnaki Next Door, my novella about an alien living in suburbia. And uh, alas, we left off. He had a nice encounter with the uh, illustrious Moran family. So uh, we're going to continue with that. And then later on, uh, instead of a uh, Weed of the Week in Kratom Corner, I'm going to do a review of the game Cyberpunk 2077 for PlayStation 4. Okay, let's get this started because we have a lot of shit to get through. A lot of shit. Two cameras at once. Hello, handsome, I said, looking at my own reflection. Then the image changed. It was a fellow alien. No disguise. None needed. Alan said, Raya Mayando, Raya for short, how is the state of your well-being? As the dum-dums on Earth would say, I'm doing swell. What does that mean? Are you are enjoying a festering infectious boil or cyst? No, it just means I'm doing A-okay. Raya checked his little book of human factoids. Hmm, A-okay. Ah, yes, good. I have called to inform you that the Administrar has decided that you will continue your effort against the humans for the next 37 revolutions. Are you serious? I blurted. I'm so sick of this place. I'd give anything for a little change of pace. Do you have any idea how stupid these beings are? Oh, yes. Yes, and yes again, said Raya with a light chuckle. <laughs> what you have discovered in regards to these ape ants has provided a wealth of entertainment for our people. Why, Zismo Amanax has cobbled together at least eight different, eight different reality TV programs out of the clips and snippets you have sent. Granted, he has taken a lot of liberties. In regards to the characterization and stories, especially on real households of planet Earth. The dubbing is magnificently campy, but all in all, it's good stuff. Keep up the drama. It makes for great watching. But what have I told you? I wanted to come home. You say that all of the time, said Raya. It has become quite, quite tiresome. Well, that isn't going to stop me from trying. Then finish your mission. Lead these eight ants into enlightenment so that they may join the other ascended races. I wish there was an easier way. But there isn't. I bid Raya goodbye. It took all of my strength to not put my fist through the bathroom mirror. It would have been nice to punch Raya in the face. However fleeting. Then I went to the fridge, grabbed some Grakvar dip complete with snack triangles and an assortment of Konaraska crudités. I went over to the couch and parked myself down before beginning consumption. 
Before I could get comfortable, there was someone at my door. Knock, knock. Who's that? I asked. Gilsnaw stared up at me and squeaked. No. Should I get it? Nyork. Is that a yes or a no, Gilsnaw? Nyork. Fat lad of good you do for me. It's a good thing that they're making me keep you around to study the effects of Earth atmosphere on me arcs. So far I have determined that the oxygen-hydrogen mixture makes Gilsnaw release a lot more nocturnal emissions and gas than usual. Otherwise I would have thrown your ass in the garbage from day one on. Snork! Sorry if you're offended, but I stick by my opinion. Yep. Knock knock. Excuse me, sir, said a voice from behind the door, light and reassuring. Excuse me, sir. But deceptively so. Do you have a minute to talk about the good grace and will of the Lord above? They wanted folks to believe that the Church of the United New Testament Solidarity was legitimate for tax purposes. That made a fool the dum-dums in the Americanese government. But they weren't fooling me into thinking that anything about them and their so-called church, it's a fucking cult, was worthwhile and valid. They wore yellow robes, I guess so that it wouldn't show them when they pissed themselves during their hours-long homilies. Compliments of Dr. Reverend Hezekiah Eutarius, and they put his face on everything including the sticker they left on a pamphlet hanging on my door. It was shaped to look like two hands praying over top of my highly polished brass knob. That is not a euphemism for my toolbox. I monitored them through the picture-in-picture -picture feature on my television. It played over top of a compilation of RuPaul's Drag Race's shadiest moments. I didn't even have to get up off my ass. Oh, sir, said the stranger. There was more than one. Together, they were rap-tap-tapping with their fists. You need to be saved. What will you say to God when you climb all those... What will you say to God when you climb those steps all the way up to the pearly gates? I resisted the urge to answer them with a bite of piercing sarcasm, but that would probably keep them here longer. After ten minutes, the solicitors finally departed. I watched them disappear down the street and peeked out a crack in the door. The, the pamphlet started out simply before rambling on and on with boring scripture speak. Have you been saved? If not, beware, because time is running out. Such a creative use of a bold font, I thought, before throwing the whole thing straight into the trash. Without so much as a second glance at Eutarius's undoubtedly psychotic manifesto. This planet's next incarnation would do well to lose these types. I've tried to stamp out the, the zealous affinity for smooth-talking southerners with all the easy answers, but it hasn't gone well so far. I don't know what it is, but these humans are programmed to follow behind these so-called spiritual leaders. You can look at their DNA through the zoomoscope and draw your own conclusions from that. Oh, you say you don't have experience interpreting genetic material? That's too bad. It was time to get to work. Time to write top ten lists for clickbaity webpages like tensfordays.com and tentops.com. Nothing like making twenty bucks an article, am I right? Perhaps, one day more, my skills will be necessary for something substantial, something world-changing, as if what I'm doing behind the scenes isn't enough, huh? Making sure to avoid distractions, 
I placed my phone and devices on mute. So of course, this was going to be when everyone's going to try and get a hold of me for one reason or another. That's the kind of luck that I have. I freshen up a cup of coffee first. I add the Zarniberry syrup, a little powdered gristworm shell to decorate the foam. You gotta have the foam. Hi, Tyant487. How you doing today? Gilsnaw sat up on his front mid-legs to beg. He was awfully cute when he wanted to be. Then again, the definition of cute is dependent upon one's own worldview. For example, what I deem to be cute may be another being's horrifying. You want a treat? I asked, kneeling down. I went to the cabinet above the stove and opened a foil packet containing oh no's. They're bite-sized little people. Had to send away special for these. Imagine an entire race of teensy tasty treats. Imagine that your whole sole purpose in life was to be a delicious snack for some dumb damn me -arc. Life would seem so simple then, wouldn't it? There you go. I dropped a family of four into Gilsnall's gullet. He wasted no time snapping, snapping them up. Then I spoke a message into the packet before reclosing. Sorry about that, everybody. No worries. No worries for me. But what about them? One day more, our time will come, said a faint voice. Snork, said Dilsnot happily. You're welcome, I said to my pet. The rest of the morning went well, not too many extra distractions. I finished mine, uh, mine typing 17 lists between 9 o'clock to 3. At 20 bones a list, it was enough to survive. Granted, in previous incarnations, I tried living differently. Originally, I lived in a Unabomber-style shack deep, deep into the badlands of Montana. But I had difficulty reaching people, especially when the internet and phone would shit out, or we'd get snowed in for the winter. Then I went to the other end of the dial. I made sure that I was an A-lister celebrity in Hollywood. That was nice, in that with enough fans, one does not need to do so much themselves. And there was the rub. I didn't need to open my own damn jars of pickles anymore. It led me to forgetting how to leave, how to live, how to think, how to breathe, experience on my own. And when I mentioned breathe, I meant it. I literally forgot how to breathe on my own. Luckily, they make machines for that as well. Admittedly, it's not all that comfortable to have some joker snake six feet of tubing down into your respiratory tract, and it's truly uncomfortable, considering that my respiratory tract has a, shall we say, reverse polarity. Yes, I breathe out of my ass. What of it? A poorly placed dildo or butt plug could very well end my life. You know, for a perfect race of super beings, we do seem to have a lot of weaknesses. But with those weaknesses comes our strength. It is multiplied. And that's what we were hoping to improve over the course of this massive sociogenetic experiment. Make us better, make the humans better at doing all the work for us. Originally, my people wished only for the human race to be bred as gold miners. But over the course of 6,000 years, 
gold became functionally obsolete to my species. It was a component to our Restolac atmospheric scrubber, a satellite moon located high up in the atmosphere of Beta Max Prime. And thanks to the 175,000 captive scientists we fed one by one into the Recyclotron, we were able to finagle a workaround to our issue. Around 1 p.m., Arlen Morons, Hoopty Honda pulled up outside. The Morons, they had their own set of driveways, but they had so many junk cars that their vehicles spilled out every which way. Since they moved in last December, their rides have been slowly parking closer and closer until they were more or less constantly parked outside of my living room window. I closed my shades and observed the driveway camera feed taking care not to miss a lick of my RuPaul marathon. I zoomed in on Arlen. On Arlen. He seemed preoccupied, talking loudly on the phone with his chin resting on his chest. Zoom in further. Yeah, and guess what that crazy bitch did, said Arlen, voice cracking. She told me that, she told me, shut up, Wilcox, I'm trying to tell you something. Arlen was opening a small wax baggie into a square of tin foil laid out on his lap. He laid a black lump on the foil and lit the bottom of the lighter, sucking the vapor up to a rolled-off scratch ticket. My database reported to me what it was, although I did not need a machine to tell me that it was heroin. I'd be getting shit-faced if that was my family, too. But still, I didn't need some damn kid overdosing in front of my house. Time to send a message, I thought. A strong one. I opened a panel beneath my home entertainment console. Disguised as a DVR, DVDR was a matter transportation device. A Holzwaffen military-grade Yurnok. Fun for the whole family, even more fun for an army. Granted, the Yurnok was originally intended for the eventual full-scale invasion. It would protect an entire army of up to a million sentient soldiers within the range of the device. But it worked on a smaller scale as well. I was in charge of furthering the evolution of mankind so that when my people do invade, do. It'll be a spectacular war the likes of which this planet has never seen. So far I have had modest victories, but for the most part I have failed at elevating the entire populace. Try, try, try again. But until then, I'll settle for fucking with my neighbors and anyone else who dares get in my way. What to send? I asked myself, looking around. I opened a closet. Within was a cabinet full of specimen vials. I began perusing the catalog. No. Mm. Too much fun for him. No. Not enough fun for me. Mm. No. No. Ah! I uttered the small element of delight. My fingers grazed a tube. Within it was a massive excitatory agent, Omolagia. A perfect anti-complement to Arlen's black market opioid. He isn't going to know what to do when this hits him. Snow rap, protested Gilsnor. It's not going to kill him, I said dismissively. Well, no. Well, at least I don't think it will. Glark. What does it matter if I do kill him? 
I asked. His existence doesn't mean shit in the grand scheme of things. I mean, we have replayed the same course of events repeatedly, and not in one of those realities did any member of this family do anything that would warrant their temporal continuance. Yorb, said Gil Small. He backed away from me, slowly making chittering noises. I set the projector to pinpoint the coordinates of the vial. It shifted into gear, engaging its internal components, all the while making a terrible racket. Not that anybody could hear anything coming from my compound. My Zismar sound trappers did their job perfectly. And they looked fancy to boot, purple squares with geometric patterns decorated intermittently throughout my home. The Omologia transmitted perfectly onto the tinfoil square just as Marlin was beginning to enjoy himself. Bring back my girls, said RuPaul from the TV. I chuckled, knowing. <laughs> Yawr! A shriek pierced the air, caught in the throes of the fit. Arlen thrashed, thrashed around in the driver's seat banging his head against the steering wheel over and over until blood spilled all over his clothes and the stain the interior. <laughs> Lala came running outside alongside her cats, Gord Joe, and said, that was when her teeth fell out. Smash! And update that a little bit. Yellowish squares of filth-encrusted mouth mashers exploded onto the asphalt. Arlen! Arlen! She screeched. What can you take? Oh, no, 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 nothing, said he. She then saw the paraphernalia. Growing silent, she reached into the car and pocketed the burnt foil and heroin bric-a-brac. She may have been losing her cool, but she always had time to shield her son from the harsh details of reality. Consequences, consequences. No accountability at all. It must be nice to be him. Except that he has to live with the family from hell. If I were him, I'd be doing drugs too. Peering through the picture in picture, I picked up my phone and rang 911. Yes, hello, there is a young man having a drug fit outside. What race is he? asked the operator. First question, too. Apparently there's always time in America for a little bit of overt racism. Oh, brother, I said before continuing. I told them to come right away that it appeared he may be in trouble. In 20 minutes, sirens could be heard, and they were getting closer. Good, I said. I increased the zoom on the picture-in-picture. Picture. No effort was needed to determine that uh, Arlen's pupils were constricted. I monitored his breathing. It was shallow, but not in the danger zone by any means. Still, I operated the Cerebromax and transmitted a thought to the oncoming officers. The operator said he's on his way out. Overdose. A massive dose of Narcan is going to be necessary to revive him. You must reach him as soon as possible. And that's the end of that chapter. Begin new chapter. When I take a prisoner, I take them. Their screams cannot be heard. My anti-fi field prevents their use of human devices. Perhaps eventually they'll invent a countermeasure, but not today, Bar. 
My basement is filled with over 100 abductees, prisoners, medical experiments in progress, or whatever you want to call them. I generally go for the most vigorous and healthy of specimens. So the morons are out of the running, lucky for them. In a few realities, the abductees were able to break free and escape, consequentially reporting my activities to the Nothington Post. They circumvented the reptilians running the American government. Otherwise, a cover-up would have been a choice. A choice option. Instead, we had to hit the restart button, killing everything, so that we could do it again. I called up my assistant. She was working downstairs. Yes, she's a scientist, and yes, she's also my resident guard, and yes, she can kick my ass. Check on the temperatures in the iceboxes, Tarania, I said. Make sure everything's at optimal level. Cylinders 11 through 56 are at 99.81%, spoke Tarania, garbled through the receiver. The rest are at a perfect level. That is excellent news, I said. Come on back out, warm yourself up. You deserve it. Tarania came up from the basement. Before closing the door, she deftly hit a few buttons on the adjacent keypad. The lock, door lock engaged. Steam came shooting out of the side and collected on the floor around us so that we looked like we were hosting a bitchin' haunted house for an early Halloween. Those prisoners will never learn, said Tarania, half grinning. They better, I warned, or else we may have to liquefy them into plant food slurry. At least they'd be worth something. Oh, come on, Tarania. You give these humans too little credit. And even that is too much. What I would give for a shovel home. You volunteered for this, I said. I did as well. We did it in hopes of furthering the cause of our kind, So that we may formally be at the tippy-tippy-top, tippy-top of the food chain. And that hierarchy is clearly delineated. So that there are no errors or false Value judgments. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, but it shan't be easy getting there. Do you think Carmen can join us? Inquired Tarania. He won't cause any trouble, no. Carmen was Tarania's synthetic boyfriend. A fully automated robot. He or it is in an advanced coupling system designed to reduce stress and relieve a variety of intercrotchal and interanal pressures. I had my own, my own as well, named Ray Chill, but I didn't feel the need to let it out to play with other folks around. The level of privacy between the two of us was gold. You know how I feel about having these soulless manifestations of lust and laziness around, I remarked with an upturned double eyebrow. They make me pissy. Nobody needs to do anything themselves as long as they have some robo-bitch to boss around. So what's wrong with that? Asked Tarania with a disarming grin. Our stark individualism has over time become compromised. Then the sounds of screams through the TV pierced through us. I reflexively turned the volume down a hair. Ooh, I expressed. Looks like our little show is beginning. I turned away from her and stood in front of the big screen, feeling the blue light bathe the entirety of my form. 
Speaking of blue, the cops were just pulling up and set. My phone! My phone! Shrieks Lala through the surround sound audio output. He's in a bad way! You've got to do something, you fucking pig fucking... Immediately, a pair of rough customers in blue grabbed Lala by her arms and dragged her away for questioning. What followed was an encounter that many Americans have come to expect from their police, full of mistakes, prejudices, and off-the-cuff brutality. I didn't specifically say to the 911 operator that Arlen was a gay black Satanist, but by boy George's goofy oversized hats, I put the thought out there. And thus they came to their own conclusions. Conclusions that soon ended with both Lala and Arlen sleeping in a jail cell that night. And you know what? The father skipper was so dumb and in a hurry that he somehow posted bond for the wrong people. As a consequence, Lala and Arlen got a little lost in this system. It is a system that many Americans profess is not only not broken at all, but is perfection. Yeah, right. That's why we've had to redo this reality so many fucking times. You humans, you never learn. While Lala and Arlen were busy being handed a series of impromptu life lessons, I grabbed the key pods to my green and gold supercharged Solaire Industries Vimana 261. The 261 is the year it was made. BC, bitches. That's what I'm talking about. They knew how to make them then. Bye-bye, Gilsnaw, I said, kneeling down, gazing into the loyal creature's eyes. May our time away from one another be but a brief collection of moments. I patted him on the hiney and fed him two more treatsies. Afterwards, I climbed the stairs to the second floor and entered the attic via a door that was too thin for a human to squeeze themselves through, but I can. Then I climbed the ladder up to the secret hangar. There she was, as beautiful as ever. I remotely opened the Dumana hatch and hopped inside. Yes, creature, comfort to the max. I kept the plush velvet and velour interior installed by the previous owner. But I did remove the bumper sticker, Ptolemy II will rock you. Egypt, note general translation, and the alien equivalent of truck nuts known as Lord Noax. With the cloaker off to an observer, my Vimana appeared to be a fanciful flying gazebo draped in satin and inlaid with exotic jewels. I engaged the gravimetric elevators. Before I could lift off, the base cloaker kicked on and concealed the fact that my attic was flying away. Then it was time. Three, two, one, boom! I zipped away from the United States, going all the way to the cragged, mountainous terrain of Ethiopia. I'm gonna stop there for now. I'm gonna make a note. Gotta make notes. That's my recommendation. If you're gonna write and you're gonna do this shit, make a lot of notes. So after that will be the adventures in Ethiopia. That'll be good. I had a lot of fun writing this story. And it's just crazy. And I like the, uh, stories where I could just kind of go fucking hog wild and do whatever the hell I want and uh, just kind of twist the boundaries and concepts of reality. 
You have these aliens that have been doing, um, repeating the same Earth over and over, trying to get things right. Uh, you know, which I think kind of subconsciously that uh, that might be um, that might be something that I've been doing. Like, oh, you got to keep doing this over and over again, and that's why every time I get to a certain part of my life, I'll feel like, man, I've done this before. Especially after I've done some mushrooms. <laughs> but now is not the time for drugs because this is a bad time. You can't even get a goddamn good connect anymore because there's fucking quarantines up the wazoos. But thankfully, we're at the Christmas season. Christmas season, the Electoral College met yesterday and they kicked ass in the sense that they did their fucking jobs. And so, uh, that was pretty much the, that was the final nail in the coffin for Mr. T, the evil Mr. T, that I don't say his full name unless I can help it because I don't want to give him any more attention than he already has, which is all of it. I wanted people to look back and see, uh, read my work and be like, who is T? And they don't know who the fuck it is. That would be amazing. But for Christmas, you know, there's a lot of shit going on. Uh, you know, the, cell, the PlayStation's all sold out. Of course, they're having fucking problems with them. But you have these uh, streamers that are online, and they just get free games sent to them, and they're just like, you <laughs> let me say something racist. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Gotta hate shit like that. Sorry out there to you uh, YouTubers and TikTokers that are just kind of, your content is just kind of just, would make the people in Jackass fucking... Look the other way and say, ugh, what is this shit? You know, it's really bad. And I'm fighting an uphill battle here, okay? Doing this writing and poetry shit, this literature shit. <laughs> you know? But, uh, am I one of the only literature guys that are trying to get into, like, this TikTok shit? Because usually they're too fancy for this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the word literature can be stretched. I mean, the story I'm writing now, you know, it's, uh, it's pulpy, but it's kind of in the same spirit of, like, Kurt Vonnegut's stories, where, yeah, they consider his shit literature now, and he was sci-fi pulpy stories, and they were just, like, about weird shit, and aliens, and weird devices, and things like that, and you could look at it and be like, um, what the hell is that? And then, uh, you know, your English professor would kick your ass for saying that, because he was one of the greatest writers of the 20th century. And now we need a greatest writer in the 21st century. And um, can I name a fucking uh, writer that's been that's actually written anything good in the since uh, the 21st century really began that isn't named George R. R. Martin? And he might as well just crawl into a hole and die because I don't know what the fuck happened to him and his shit. He just goes. This is what happens when you become a celebrity. All you do is spend all your time going to fucking comic cons and shit and doing fucking panels and shit. God, that must be fucking boring. Answering fucking questions about your shit from people that know more about your writing than you do. Ooh. That's what I have to look forward to. But I'll tell you what. If I ever have to do a panel, I'll make it interesting, okay? And I'm not gonna cater to trolls, hecklers, none of them. Alright? Fuck you, hecklers. Fuck you, trolls. Kiss my fucking ass and go die somewhere. Speaking of trolls, hold on, I need a little bit of coffee. Oh yes, I got my cup. I forgot to bring this out last time. 
uh, this is backwards on TikTok, but you could definitely see it on this. Conservative tears. I got it from the same people that were selling, uh, selling liberal tears. They had like 10 of those and only one of these. So not a huge market for this, but they found it with me. Mmm, tears. Oh, yeah. If you're wondering where I am on the political spectrum, well, this is it. Oh, yeah. So, once Biden gets into office, I'm not going to be so quite so political anymore. So, you have that to look forward to. And that's what I want to do anyway. I want to ex show you my stories and stuff like that. And if they have, like, a political lean to them, whatever, they might have a message or some shit. They usually do. But we don't need, uh, I just don't need to be so wrapped up in how fucked up this world is when I could be making my own fucked up world, you know. So, the big game this year for Christmas is a game called Cyberpunk 2077. It's like Blade Runner on crack. And it's amazing. But there's a lot of, uh, there's quite a few problems with it. It's a what some people describe as a glitchy mess. They released the game when it wasn't really completed, uh, but it's okay in the sense that I'm really enjoying the fucking game, and I give it... Oh, I'm gonna give... I'll give it the score at the end, but I wrote, like, a book report on this, and this is in response to all those fucking tweeters and fucking YouTubers that, like, write some bullshit, or maybe not the YouTubers, but the people are tweeting. They might write, like, a two-post tweet review of a game and fucking game company send them games like here you go review my stuff so here's a fucking review for you here's a fucking review all right you want someone to write to read a, a game review that's like a fucking book report here it fucking is i'm doing one here cyberpunk 2077 is a wild adventure into a blade runner-esque world of hackers and ne'er-do-wells it start with it starts with well it doesn't start that's the problem Conscientious about the massive amount of data that was to be used between 80 to 110 gigabytes, I sent Sophia to scoop up a physical copy. We still had to wait all night to download the massive update, so whatever. I woke up at 3, it was finally ready, and I couldn't wait, especially with everything I'd heard about the game. Anyone I got on the phone with, boom, they either already had the game or were playing it. Thankfully, the game of the season is available for most gamers to play, as opposed to the, you know, PlayStation 5, which it's also available on, so don't fucking correct me. Which admittedly has caused me to miss the days where I'd say to my, at the time, well-off father, as a child of divorce, I want this system for Christmas, Dad, and he would get it every time. Yeah, we were spoiled, kids, but at least we weren't poor then. So now it's December 2020, and Cyberpunk has hit the shelves in our hearts. Throughout the social media-verse, I cringed at the so-called reviewers obtaining advanced copies so that they could write a two-tweet review, <laughs> slamming the game for not being boring, or for not being not boring enough. Who to believe? Well, there were many more good reviews than bad ones. It seems a lot of those who thought it was a mundane romp or individuals who would be tearing apart a best-selling novel for their book club but found themselves doing games because of the popularity of it all. Critics are the worst, except for Nostalgia Critic and the Cinema Snob. It's like literature vomited diarrhea, scooped it back up, added some movies, and ate it. 
Wouldn't you rather an actual gamer tell you the score? One who is also a writer? Once the hell of waiting was finally over, it's time to open her up. Character creation time. This is where a lot of people have fixated their interests. Mostly the adjustable penises and vaginas. A fine idea if there ever was one in need, although you only get one vagina if you're a fucking listener, okay? But you can adjust the pubic hair. From the moment it started, I felt totally immersed, swallowed up by the dingy, grimy, grungy world. Cyberpunk forces the user to answer tough questions. Like, is the guy on the box supposed to be Justin Timberlake? I don't know. Looks like him. Similar to how this game feels like several others. The more experienced and astute of gamers know that this could pass as a sequel to Deus Ex. And nobody would bat an eye. It also possesses elements of Fallout, uh, Shadowrun, and Borderlands. All games that I enjoyed very much. The stealth elements are a welcome addition, another thing of which Deus Ex was a pioneer. But I'm not saying Ghost in the Shell, I mean a standard Darkly, I mean Hackers, I mean Blade Runner lacks originality, originality, I mean Cyberpunk. Although it does bits and pieces from all these famous film and game franchises, the result is something wholly original and worth playing. The fact you can scan rooms to see the multiples of pickups is a godsend. I hope more games in the future do this, since I miss a lot of items when playing games like this. The combat is swift. Sometimes a tiny bit unresponsive, like when I was shooting guys in a car chasing us and it didn't seem like I was hitting them until they died. I love the sword action. Chopping jerks from here to next Tuesday is fun for those among us given to such proclivities. About two hours in, I experienced my first fatal game-quitting error. Before that, the glitches seemed limited to NPCs moving around strangely, clothes disappearing, uh, stuff not loading, stuff like that. But I almost lost quite a bit of progress because I elected to not save moments before. Thankfully, the autosave system took care of me. Still, be aware of this. Save often. Glitches are what the primary complaint are about Cyberpunk. Granted, it does not run as smoothly as many other games. Borderlands 3, Sekiro, Horizon Zero Dawn come to mind. But it has, not, it has so much going on that I wouldn't expect it to be perfectly 100%. It really does a lot at once. I mean, it's really, truly They just they do this city. It fucking puts Grand Theft Auto to shame. Side note, the first Ripper doc that you meet is a sawbones named Victor Vector, which to the computer gamers of yesterday harkens back to the edutainment game series Victor Vector and Yondo, and I'm sure about 0.00002% of gamers got that. Oh well, let's push onward. Yes. My girlfriend started a game, and a couple hours in, we were having a lot of fun when a new update let itself be known at the corner of the screen. Yes or no? I said, well, let's do it. It might fix some of these crazy bugs. It only says it's going to take an hour and 40 minutes to download. Shit, that was a mistake. It took more than three hours to download that update, and it wouldn't let us play the game while we were doing so. So here's my next advice. 
don't agree to download the updates until you're ready to go to bed. It fucked up our night. I will say that the game seemed to run better when it did finish. Although glitches still abound, I still haven't seen the one-night experience where you go into a conversation and everything disappears except buildings and people walking in the distance. At one point it stayed like that for several minutes. This is not helping the immersion, I said. Yet, with all my complaints, I still cannot stop playing this game, and I can't stop thinking about it either. Night City is an experience for any fan of action RPGs of the past. And let's face it, we're not getting a good Fallout game anytime soon, what with Bethesda's pathetic attempts to beat the dead horse known as Fallout 76. So if you feel like you're a bad enough motherfucker, and won't be swayed by what some may call an unplayably glitchy mess, jack in to Cyberpunk 2077. Just be sure to save often, for the love of God. It's a good game, I recommend it if you can get it. Get it. If you're a kid, ask your parents for play it before you play it because it's got nudity, like there's boobs and stuff. Actually, maybe you don't want to ask your parents, you know, if you don't want to sneak it through. I know a lot of us would get our parents to buy games that they weren't supposed to buy, like, uh, you know, Grand Theft Auto and shit, but that's up to you. I'm just saying to parents, you know, if your kid's playing this game, you better be aware that it's pretty fucking mature. I mean, they're calling people cunts and all kinds of shit. Boobs. Dicks. You know, I made sure I got the guy with the biggest dip that we, I could get, and then I put a little lightning bolt over his crotch. It's kind of fun. Although, granted, I haven't had any excuse to use that dick yet. So, maybe I'll find something in the future. I don't know. This is one of those games where you gotta play a real long time, and it, like, releases a little bit of features for you at a time. You know, I just, like, got the... I just found Keanu Reeves... And I just was given the option to start buying new cars. Because the car they give you in the beginning is a pathetic piece of shit. So it made me not even want to drive. But you steal a Lambo from one of them, uh, them Tiger Claw guy, gang guys. You be uh, driving around smooth sailing. And it's very nice. Just got to save a lot. And that's what I'm going to be doing today. I'm going to be playing in that fucking game. And then next week, I'm going to continue... The Anunnaki Next Door, and I'm going to do my Christmas poem that I wrote last year that I didn't get to perform because I finished it on Christmas. So that'll be interesting, and that'll give something for you to be watching when it comes out. So I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, maybe, but I'm hoping by Friday. You know, this editing is a lot of work, and uh, I'd like to get a little bit of gameplay footage for uh, my game review. That would be nice. But, you know, I'm just going to take my time and not try to drive myself crazy because I'm my own boss here. I ain't getting paid dick for this. All right? I make one cent per view from Anchor Podcasting for every view. And I've had, like, 246 views. So, $2.46 is a lot of money when it comes to the internet. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Everyone thinks they're going to get rich, but it's a really an uphill battle for a guy like me with writing and things like that, you know, it's not easy. Because everyone's just like, their attention spans are just non-existent anymore. And why uh, do writing, or why listen to a poetry when you can go and chop some guy's brains out with a katana, you know? And then, 
hack the the universe. Oh, I love the hacking in that game. It's amazing. You can uh, operate all kinds of like machines and turn stuff, security cameras off and like overheat stuff and make like soda machines shoot fucking sodas out of it to distract people. It's great. I'm talking about this because I want to fucking play it. So let's get this wrapped up so I can start editing this motherfucker. And I bid you a good day, a good day to you, and a good day to you, sir, madam, non-binary equivalent. All right. This has been Manzoni in the Morning, signing off. Read some books. Read some poetry. All right. Help support your local artists and your community. Okay. We all need each other now more than ever. This has been Man Zoni in the morning. Man Zoni in the morning show. Man Zoni in the morning show. Man Zoni in the morning show. Go.